0: And I have Jason Wheeler, who was playing with Moscow Red Legion for the past two seasons. But, Jason, it looks like you are moving to Tampa Bay Damage, correct? I am indeed.
1: I'm looking forward to it.
0: So how are you feeling about that? I mean, you know, before we kind of get into talking about what it was like on the Russians, how do you feel about this, this new move over to, uh, to, you know, arguably one of the best teams in paintball right now, has been for years. And uh, you know the management and, and organization behind Damage looks like they are they are intent on building, a, you know, continuing to keep a winning team, and uh, and really try to, to to stack the team up so that they can you know make a run at the championship again.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing for me, um, mm-hmm. Damage has always been one of those teams. I mean, you know, it's, there's there's two or three uh, American teams that everyone you know dreams of playing for. And damage is definitely one of those teams, and they've been together for so long. You know, they're one of them success stories where, you know, they've they've literally started from the bottom and and worked their way up. And uh, to get an opportunity to play on a team like that, especially as a European player, is you know is is pretty much a dream come true. I mean, you know, the idea of joining a team that's not in a rebuilding year, you know, it's just that is that is the biggest thing for me because. Playing the PSP with a team that's you know already built and established and you know not in that rebuilding phase and uh, and just becoming an addition to that is is definitely the biggest thing for me.
0: Well, that that's actually something that's interesting, and I kind of want to dive into that. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, heading to a team that one is very established, uh, has won championships, won tournaments, has tons of top players, uh, a really solid owner and you know a manager and a full, you know a coach i mean a really storied institution and, and an organization that is intent on winning tournaments is a totally different adventure than the one that you've been on for the past yeah. two seasons because Moscow Red Legion though they also have you know coaches and 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 uh and support and you know they have all those things training facilities and They've got a legacy too, but for the past two seasons, you've been one of those guys on the front lines of trying to get Moscow Red Legion back to what they were before, and yep. that has got to have been tough, man. I mean,
1: how how much of a struggle has that been? Or it honestly, man, it it does break my heart because at the end of the day, Russian Legion gave me that stepping stone into the PSP, and you know, an Axel is the same. You know, it, yeah, the TonTon's played this year, but you know for, for, for me i can honestly say the russian legion gave me that opportunity and you know i i didn't want to be one of those players that you know joined the team and then was like oh you know you know i'm going to head off somewhere else it just wasn't the same you know like this year the, between the two years 2012 2013 these two years were completely different really? you know yeah we we had two different coaches um, which in my, my opinion made probably the single most huge difference between the two the two years. Um, obviously, the players changed a little bit, but I don't really think that that was a huge, huge thing about it. But I just – I don't know, man. The dynamics in the team is just not right. And you, you would have saw that in my uh, Paintball Access uh, interviews um, in the pits. You know, I pretty much said it how it was uh, every time I fought it. You know, I just – I was kind of sick of it, so I just said it out, I saw it, you know.
0: Yeah, you were you were pretty honest. Anytime we put the camera on you, in between those, uh, in between the games, you kind of said it like it is. I mean, it was it was interesting and kind of illuminating. I felt too because anytime we'd, we'd come back from an interview that you'd said, I remember you when you guys got knocked down to the challengers division, and then you came back and you had said, "Man, getting knocked down to the challengers division was the best thing that ever happened to this team right now because it really caused us to focus yeah. on the task at hand." And uh, and earn it again, and and then you guys did come back, but you had that problem all year long of bouncing back and forth between the champs and challengers division. <laughs> Whereas your rookie of the year year 2012, it was a t- it, it was night and day, man. It was a, but it was a different team. I mean, you know, Marcelo was on the team. Uh, yeah. You and Axel were, were doing well on that snake side. Bernikoff was you know the top gun title holder that year, and uh, and then this year, you know, even though your roster was pretty solid, I mean, you had some good players on the team, but it just didn't seem like you know guys were finding it didn't seem like it took a while for players to find out where the hell they were going to play on the yeah. field i mean you guys didn't have your you know solid, kevin did not emerge as i feel the best snake player on your team until what
1: chicago you uh, know it took him a while yeah and i mean uh, i mean props to kevin because he's a great player and uh, I, I think like it does for everyone it takes you a couple of events because that was his first year season you know so
0: oh and uh, and I'm not taking I don't mean to interrupt but I'm not taking anything away from him I think Kevin's yeah. a great player I speak very yeah. highly of him however it's it kind of it's tough though because when you're in those rebuild seasons and you have new players on the team you coach I mean you have yeah. guys playing different spots and it's just so tough to you know, the, for the players to figure out where they're going to play, and then for the coaches to try to you know figure out okay, well, where should we be putting everybody to suit their strengths, and where does everybody want to play, and you know, is there politics involved? I and mean, there's so much that goes on trying to get those guys in those rebuilding years um, into those positions. I mean, you know, the Ironmen had similar issues with that too, and uh, and it's just it's tough, man. I've I've been there before. I know what that's yeah. like. It's very difficult. And uh, I mean, so kind of juxtapose the two years. I mean, other than the coaching, I mean, the players changes. Like, was that it? Do you think that that you know you're putting your your kind of direct or kind of diagnose the symptoms for me? What do you think was the well, cause?
1: I I honestly think the single most biggest problem in the in the team 2000. Let's say it's like 2013 because 2012 was not a bad year. No, not at all. Uh, to, 2013. I honestly say that the divide within the team was the single biggest problem, you know, by far, you know, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it now because, you know, I'm no longer on the team, but you know, we'd come home from practice and one side of the team would go to eat and the other side of the team will go to eat, you know, completely separate divided teams. I was probably as close to the other side of the team as I was to dynasty or <laughs> Ironman or, you know, one of the opposing teams it was ridiculous, mate, you wow. know, so that, that, you know, you can't win championships. You can't even make a Sunday, if the team is not, you know, you got to be together, man. You know, team spirit is where it's at. I'm, I, I'm a true believer in that, you know.
0: I, I believe, too. And it was interesting because I just came from Houston. Heat had a, a week-long practice here in San Diego. And, uh, you know, Sarge, the owner of the team, he's got a house out here. So, you know, typically, you know, Heat travels to practice as well. But, you know, they, they gather everybody in San Diego and and uh, and get a good solid week-long practice. I know that you guys had done a lot of that on Moscow Red Legion as well. But what I noticed, and from talking to these guys, and then being at the actual practice and listening to the way they were speaking to each other, like for instance, yesterday is a good example. Yesterday, we go out to the to practice, and you know they got maybe three, four hours in, um, you know, with the paint they had allotted for that day. Good, solid, you yeah. know, grind. But the positive vibe coming from that team was incredibly impressive. I mean, I've been around so many paintball teams over the years, and I, it, it and I I was having a hard time uh remembering ever being in an environment that was that positive now understandably so it's the beginning of the season for them oh, they've oh, all these all these new pickups and they got all these guys on their best behavior and uh and trying yeah. to you know trying to figure out how this is all going to work but the fact that there's history from all those guys that, that they've played on you know, different rosters on different teams and under different organizations and that they've all been, this is not their first rodeo. You know, this, these are very solid yeah. veterans. There's no rookies really on that team. I mean, even their most boot rookie guys are now heading into their third year in the pro division and have been yeah. playing tournament paintball for you know, eight years. So, it, but it was, it was just this really positive vibe. And then afterwards they were all hanging out and they were speaking about kind of, it was almost the opposite of what you're saying is they're like, yeah, you know, no one even had to say, uh, um, and we actually, uh, and I did a podcast with the two younger guys on the team, Ronnie Dizon and, and, and LJ Woodley. And, uh, and, and I asked them and I'd asked a couple other guys too. I was like, is this kind of something coming from the top down? Like, Hey, you guys really need to hang out. You guys need to spend time with each other. It's so important. Or did this emerge organically? And they all said, no, man, it's just, it just kind of happened. We just all were hanging out and just decided. And it, so it was kind of no clicks yet. And, uh, And they were just had this really cool, positive vibe. And I thought that that was, you know, it it was a real good marker for the beginning uh, of that that new incarnation of Houston Heat. And so I can totally see now you saying from firsthand experience that Moscow Red Legion was, you know, having problems with clicks last year because, dude, you could see it on the field. You know, I mean, there really (laughs) wasn't a lot of I mean, I just I didn't sense a lot of teamwork on the field. And I guess, you know, it makes total sense if you're saying that
1: Uh, it's it's. Honestly, it was like that in 2012, but um, I think – what's what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe the confidence and the individual ability carried us a little bit. You know, um, I can honestly say (laughs) – Swagger. Yeah. Malloy was just an absolute unit in 2012. He was a beast. I've never seen anything like it. Like He won us a lot of points. Um, but everyone else played good. Marcelo pl- played good. I played good with Axel and it all kind of clicked like that because I was playing with, uh, Tontons in the millennium series. So it, you know, it all worked out well. Um, but this year just did not happen. It was just too many changes at once. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. So what do you
0: think the future holds for Moscow's organization? Um, do you know of anybody that picking up that you can at least say, I mean, I know how, Things work, and you know, if you got some super secret information you can't divulge, then I totally understand. But you know, what do you think? The I mean, having been involved in that system for two years, and it's such a legendary system. I mean, Moscow Red Legion is the most successful PSP team in the past ten years. They've won more tournaments uh, than than any other team in the PSP in the past ten years. And it would, I just, I hope that something happens over there. Some sort of catalyst happens because. In order to keep them viable as a top-level team, because you know, I mean, it's okay. I mean, every franchise—if you look at professional sports—I mean, you can't stay on top forever, no. um, but you want to stay as close as you can to the top. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so well, I don't know. What What are your insights into that?
1: Well, I mean, there's so much stuff behind doors that people don't see. You know, there's there's coaches on that side that you know, 60 years old teaching people technique, and these people t- uh, talk Fedorov and Mishka and Sergey. You know, they're the ones that made them the players they are today. And they, they will go to a sports academy and find an athletically gifted kid and teach him running and shooting, shooting on the break and gunfighting and then just let them play five days a week and they'll become a good player. You know, that is like the robotics, systematic, you know, game style that the the Russians are because of because of teachers like that. And I, I, I can tell everyone now that the Russians have 10, 15 guys that they're already... Getting ready to you know farm, so they you know they're the type of they're the type of team that will always be here. They may not always be on the top, but they will after two or three years gradually creep creep back up there when the when the players start get to uh, start getting experience. Um, you should never count out the Russians, man. They they are you know they know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean they've proven it. You know they they have. I remember when they first came into the league, and and because uh, we used to mash on the Russians in Europe But when they first began. Yeah. Um, when you know Mishko was just a kid before before Fedorov before anyone even knew oh, Fedorov's yeah. name, and uh, and and they were they played a you know they played a, a, a pretty static type of paintball and had some unconventional ideas about strategy, and you know they were they didn't really find success in the very beginning, but you know who does really, and I'm not I'm not knocking them for that. That's just the history. Yeah. And then they, you know, when X-Ball came around, they really, you know, and props to Sergey, the owner of that team, because, for having vision and thinking, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take my sizable bank account and my acumen for, for putting people together. And, uh, and, and I'm going to build a, a monolithic paintball machine that's going to churn out, you know, really good paintball players. And I'm going to go and get a couple guys, you know, from the States or wherever I need to. And uh, and plug in, I remember talking to Sergey in Majorca uh, when we taught a clinic out there. This pro school we were doing. Yeah. And uh, pff, know, this was 2002. Oh, I, I, can't, like I can't. even remember. But any, <laughs> when exactly it was? That's old. But but uh, <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but I remember he came up and he was you know pitching me on you know moving to Moscow and 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 you know getting paid like two grand a month or whatever it was at the time yeah. to come and play for for moscow and uh and and i you know if i had been if i hadn't just gone on excessive we hadn't just left the ironman to form excessive and had a really good deal um yeah. to you know build a winning team ourselves didn't stay in paradise that we live in san diego you know if i was 21 all over again um i might have thought a little bit more about that 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 move um because it would have been such a cool adventure and so many yeah. top level guys have had that adventure now we're talking about like Mikko Huthanen, uh, J. Rab, Dave Baines, the Blonsky brothers, yourself, Axel, Marcel—I mean, I could just go on and on. There's been Absolutely. so many stars to come out of that organization. So I totally agree with you. I don't—I don't think that you know just because you're down, you're not out. In fact, there there's a Map. Do You remember Map Chim? You ever heard of Map Chim before? Yeah. Yeah. So Map Chim uh, has probably one of the most interesting life histories I've ever heard. Uh, he's Cambodian and his, he, his first like eight years of life, he lived in the jungles in wow. a, in a <laughs> tribe led by his grandfather as they moved, <laughs> oh, as they moved from place to place running from the Khmer Rouge, which was killing, murdering millions and millions of Cambodians. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> there's a crazy movie about this called the killing fields. So then Matt moved over, was finally able, I think he had like an ant or something in the States. I can't, I'm can't, maybe butchering the end of the story, but so he moves He moves to the States after, you know, growing up in the jungle and comes over dirt poor, one pair of clothes, one pair of shoes and has to go to school with, uh, you know, all these white kids in the Pacific Northwest. And he doesn't even speak English. He's, you know, literally fresh off the boat and, you know, got picked on. And then, you know, and then after he got picked on enough times for enough years. He went to the opposite side, started running with the wrong crowd, and then totally reformed his life because, you know, he wanted to play paintball and get his stuff together and help his mom out and his family. And, you know, it's this awesome, um, you know, American quintessential American immigrant success story. Yeah, pretty cool. But from the reason why I'm bringing it up right now and how it pertains to what, you know, I think maybe potentially where Moscow is right now, Red Legion, is that uh, he, he told me this awesome story that his mother is saying that is that I guess it's like an old Cambodian saying that came out of this you know, this crazy torment, just horrid, this hell on earth situation that that yeah. country found itself in. And there's the saying was, and he, you know, cause he was telling, I can't remember, we were talking about struggle and overcoming adversity, you know, just that, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and he had said, yeah, my mom has a saying she used to tell me is that, uh, you know, when the, when the pressures of the world are are kind of weighing you down and that you're, and you're forced to, you know, you're kind of, it, it's basically forcing you into submission. There's a saying that people would say and it's, it's that, um, you know, no, I'm not bowing to you. I'm reloading, you know, oh, that's, and, yeah, I, and that's I was cool. like, that's crazy because it, it was like that was and I think that maybe potentially
1: that that could be what Moscow's doing. You know, they're just yeah, that's in, that's a really cool sound. that was worth the story. That's really cool. Yeah,
0: so so that's maybe where they're at. I think that it's it's cool to get some inside information from what's going on over there because that's another thing about Red Legion is that Red Legion's kind of always had this mythical quality, you know? It's like, what's going yeah. on in the dungeons of Russia? And, and, uh, and I so, can honestly
1: tell you, I've never been to Moscow, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's crazy also, too, because before, when the team first started, you had to, if you signed a contract yeah. with Moscow, you had to go over there at least for, like, uh, I can't remember how long it was, but... And it was at the different start of the season yeah yeah it was different yeah, it was different months. for every guy but you had to go over there for a couple months and yeah. then and then it and then they stopped first you had to actually go and live there yeah you did and then yes. they and because then they yeah and then they kind of lifted that a little bit and they made it so that you could depending on who you were you know you could go over for a couple weeks at a time and then go back home and then you know that sort yeah. of thing and then it transitioned to all right well you know, I think it's this is the way it is currently where you guys go and have a good, solid, what, two weeks of practice before the
1: event at the three, place? Three weeks for World Cup, but wow. yeah, ma- mainly two weeks. Wow, that's crazy. It's a long time, yeah. And, I mean, imagine this atmosphere, you know, sitting in a hotel with a small clique in the team and the rest of the team is just wandering off on their own, doing their own things. You know, it's, it, it's disheartening, man. It really is, and it gets to the point where, you are not enjoying playing paintball with uh, some of the people that are on the team and uh, I mean that that comes from my heart man that is dead dead truth you know that I couldn't I couldn't be more honest right now but you, you know I didn't need to say it out loud everyone knew it you know but no one really said it which was uh, the biggest problem I think I think maybe I should have spoke up a little bit more but what would it have achieved I don't know you know I don't think it would have made a huge difference
0: yeah, yeah. it's tough in those situations because <sighs> You know, there's those. there might be people that are listening to this and they might say, you know, there might be people that totally relate. I can totally relate (laughs) because I've been there before, but but there might be people that are like, hey, you're getting paid for this, Jason, buck up. You got to do whatever you do. This is your job. But to be honest, I mean, yeah, yeah, Russians, I'm not, you know, I don't know exactly what you're making, but at the same time, it's not like you get to go home to your trophy wife and your mansion and you're driving a Lamborghini around, you know, you're barely making enough to get by.
1: And so... It, it, it's a sacrifice it, it is it is it is especially for me because um i mean i've put careers on hold to to play i mean 50 50 days or i worked out uh 50 yeah 50 days or so or, or something like that i was i was in the states and it's you know there's no there's no job on earth that can give you that kind of um time you know and the and the money you earn playing paintball is 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 part time Less than part of the time, you know. So, you need to kind of, when you get home, get to work and do whatever you can. That's why I do things like Project K, you know.
0: Yeah. And it's, hey, bro, and you live in, or at least live on the outskirts of London, and I've been yeah. there, and it's like a billion dollars for a Coca Cola there,
1: you know? Uh, oh, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's going up. It's a billion and one dollars
0: still. God, man, I thought the thing would have topped out at a billion. What's, what's
1: <laughs> going on over there? Yeah. yeah, it's killing us. It's killing us. Yeah, I went over,
0: I was in London for a little bit, ah, was a couple of years ago, but uh, and, and then I went to the countryside for Christmas and Boxing Day. Um, because oh, right. my girlfriend at the time was half English, and so uh, but I just and I'd been to England a bunch before, but that particular trip, I think because it wasn't so paint, you know, because you know, paintball trip, man, a paintball trip is.
1: You don't see the country. You don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you, you may if you extended a day or two, but it's, you know, because people will be like, oh, my God, you get where did you go? You went to, you you went to London? Them. Oh, that is yeah. so awesome. <laughs> wow. How, how amazing was that? I was like, well, yeah, it was really cool. Um, but, you know, we flew in. And as soon as we got in, we jumped in a car and went to the hotel. And then we ate at the McDonald's by the hotel because <laughs> yeah. we, you know, it was super late. And then the next day we went and walked fields all day. And, yeah. uh, and then the next day we started playing the tournament and we played tournament the entire time. And, uh, yeah, we got to drink beers at some random pub on Sunday night, but then we flew out Monday morning first thing. So I yeah. <laughs> didn't really see anything. London, you know?
1: London was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. London was <laughs> did awesome. You Big ben? Did you see Big Ben? No, but I've got a key ring. <laughs> Yeah.
0: No, I didn't get to see Big Ben, but I did pay $12 for a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Half a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Why is it you guys put so much foam in your beers? Why is that? Oh
1: man, can you that's, please that's explain badly, that to me? That that is a badly poured pint, mate. That is badly. That is bad. Wherever you were, that's not right. You know. I did beer. I'm you just checking. I, yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying. I just, I mean, to to me, and I made this maybe my bias because, you know, I'm Californian, but uh to me, you need to pour. That beer to the very tip top of the glass with minimal minimal foam. In fact, you know you would get you know uh, very much hated on back in the day if you were at a keg party. So you learned from a very very early age yeah. that you needed to pour that beer with no foam. That was a rookie move if there's foam in it. And then I remember going to some bars and and there'd just be and then there'd be like a bunch of head on uh, on the beer and wow. and then some Europeans would be like, no, that's the proper way you're supposed to do it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, Isn't but it?
1: what Europeans were they? Because I know the French and the Germans love a bit of foam on their beer. I know they do. So maybe that's that's what the problem is.
0: Maybe it was Germany. <sighs> maybe it was Germany. <laughs> I may yeah, I may be, I totally, may be compl- I totally apologize to all of my UK buddies. I may be total. <laughs> I may have picked the wrong country. I think you're right, Jason. I think it was Germany. My bad. Yeah, I totally with- retract that statement. <laughs>
1: I've, I've been playing in Germany in the DPO and uh, in the Millennium and every time i go there they love they love the foam why i have no idea i don't get it
0: yeah i don't get it either i don't <laughs> get it does not make any sense though Just schnitzel getting
1: my money's worth
0: yeah schnitzel is delicious though have you oh, ever oh man all schnitzel's right. good i and i remember yeah i remember going over to germany for the first time and uh there we go to some big huge dining hall and we're with all these you know german local guys and and uh and they're like, "Oh, you got to get the schnitzel; it's amazing." And I'm like, "You mean uh, like Wiener schnitzel? Because over in, in the states we have a a a, a, a chain of uh, hot dog stands called Wiener schnitzel." I
1: thought it was I thought it was a sausage. Yes, I thought schnitzel was a sausage. Right? I That's,
0: did. I did too. I was, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I don't really feel like a shitty hot dog right now. I kind of no, want like same. real food. And they're and they're like, no, 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 it's it's amazing. You should totally get it. It's it's pork. I'm like, it's pork? pork
1: yeah, yeah, and, pork.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it's like so it's so if you if you're out there and you're listening and you never had schnitzel before. Go to a German restaurant and eat it if you like pork, because it is delicious. It is so yeah, scrumptious. It's, it's like, it's pounded out pork, super thin, breaded and lightly fried, and then covered in some sort of just immaculately uh, th- creamy gravy or oh, so onions. Oh, so good.
1: Yeah, it's really good.
0: Yeah, it was funny. I was uh, We went to Pendleton, uh, Camp Pendleton's like big paintball field out here, um, yeah. which you've been to, I'm sure, to practice. Yeah, Yeah, so, uh, and we were, me and my technical director, we were kind of looking for a place to eat after we went and shot some stuff at the heat practice and dynasty practice. And we randomly found this, like, hole-in-the-wall bar and, uh, and we, we go in there and, you know, anytime you roll up to a place that kind of looks shady on the outside and you're going to go eat there, you're like, oh man, I don't know, I don't know about this place, you're
1: gonna, but we're going to repair it in the morning. Yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> or two hours later when you're all of a sudden a gigantic poo bomb explodes in the bathroom.
1: It just for through you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And so, uh, and so, so we walk in and and, and the, as soon as I start talking to the bartender, um, she has a, a, a Swiss accent and I'm like, where are you from? She's like, oh, I'm from Switzerland. And I was like, oh, no way. I'm like you guys have good food here, and she's like, "Oh yeah, you know, heavy, heavily accented English." Yeah. She's like, "Yeah, we have German food," and I was like, "No way! Do you have schnitzel?" They're like, "Yeah, uh, Irene, the, she's from Germany, and she cooks it every fresh every day." I was like, "That is what I want. I want the schnitzel. I've only, I only get to eat it like twice a year because you know San Diego's not exactly known for its German food." No, but, <laughs> but if you want a California burrito, my friend, there is, there is oh. a billion little taco shops out here that are just yeah. so Make good.
1: Planning plan the psp mexican food as easily is easily my favorite food by by long shot
0: what is your what's your favorite mexican food
1: Burrito, for sure oh that's a good call that's a good call yeah man oh it's so good have you and, uh, have you uh, i'm going to try and say is it is chipotle right or chip, how do you say it
0: chip it's chipotle <laughs> chip, 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 chip Chipotle. chipotle yeah, chipotle, chipotle. Yeah, okay.
1: Well it's I found it's two in London yeah I found two in London yeah and I've been just going there every every few weeks and just checking it out. I love it
0: there's so there it's it's actually pronounced Chipotle is there so there's Chipotle in uh in London now
1: yeah, there's two. Wow
0: yeah and I'm loving it. They must kill <laughs> it they must I mean that is a you should you need to open another one immediately
1: yeah like, so someone someone did good central London you know there's no Mexican places really in London. You know, there's a couple, but not 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 like that. You know.
0: Oh so yeah, that, totally. Cool thing about, I mean, I'm I'm assuming they're well, hopefully they did because one of the cool things about Chipotle is that they have, um, you know, sustainably raised everything, no antibiotics, like um, yeah. you know, no GMO stuff. So that's it's kind of same. Yeah, that's 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 re- I like yeah, Chipotle is definitely a godsend on the road because uh-huh. you know, coming from San Diego, I mean, we're so used to having this badass Mexican food all the time that you can get anywhere. Like yeah, basically out here, there's you have. Uh, it started with a, a chain called Roberto's, but then yeah. very quickly in the span of, you know, maybe 10 years, there'd been no no joke, probably maybe three or 400 of these places had opened up, but they all had tons of different names. But it all ended with like some sort of, it was like Rigoberto's, Royberto's, Rayberto's, <laughs> Ramiro's, like it literally was, there's 15 different <laughs> Phillyberto's, like all these different versions of, Bur- like just with Berto at the end of it. And, uh, I mean, it was just funny. It was like, I mean, it seemed like every Tom, Dick and Harry Mexican guy, I remember every like, you know, Jose, Juan and Tito in San Diego was like, dude, I have a brother named Roberto. We should totally, a- my brother, my, 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 uncle's name's Ray Berto's. We, we should totally open up a taco shop. And uh, and they all serve essentially the same stuff. The funny thing about it is that every single one of those places, and I'm talking like even like there's this place called uh, it used to be called Santanas, but now it's called MXN. a Terrible name by the way, name change. But uh, (laughs) but the hot sauces that they have at all of these places are like slightly different. It's the same. It's like be like if you you know it's like beer, you know, or like an IPA. It's like you drink one IPA from one brewery from like Stone, and then another one from the Green Flash Brewery. And uh, and they'll be slightly, slightly different. different, you know. It's the yeah. same beer made with pretty much the same ingredients, but they're just slightly different. And so that that's really what it's like. Almost more than the meat, like a true Mexican place connoisseur. Almost more than the meat or like anything. Or the cheese, cheese is also a, a key differentiator, a differentiator as well. But the true Mexican place connoisseur knows the intricate differences in the hot sauces of those places.
1: That's Mexican, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. But anyway, so. Um, so yeah, so you never went to Moscow, huh? Never got, never got a chance to go over there.
1: Ne- never went over there. Um, they tried to make it happen a few times, but the visa stuff is just an arse ache, dude. Like it is, <laughs> it's like ridiculous. It's like six or seven forms, and then it takes weeks to go through I've got to go to the Russian embassy in London. It's just, it, it just didn't happen, you know. But you know, it sucks. I would have liked to see it, but um, you know, just didn't happen.
0: Wow, yeah, I mean, it's, but is it just like straight, yeah, we need a, a plug of your hair, DNA tests. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, we're going to need a stool sample, and uh, <laughs> take your check. And please take this cup into the bathroom. Um, there's a Playboy <laughs> right there, uh, you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. <laughs> yeah, Yeah. that's interesting, I didn't realize it was so hard to get into Russia.
1: Oh, yeah, and, and equally for them, see, there's going to be Russians listening to this now going, that fucking UK guy talking talking shit about russia but it is a nightmare for them to get into england like it is so it's the hardest apparently really? Out of all the visas in the world that is like for russia to to england is really really hard and there's been so many times where kirill was missed the millennium and uh, and some of the other russians have missed the millennium because they just couldn't get the visa it's, it's that the queen is, the queen's just not happy man
0: yeah i don't know why i mean the last time i checked the cold war ended like i mean <laughs> like uh late Love 80s God. you know what i'm saying like i <laughs> yeah. i don't get it yeah yeah
1: the queen the queen's uh she can be a bitch sometimes
0: <laughs> <laughs> no what? how like why does england still have a monarchy
1: Oh, can you it's, it's can you talk. riddle
0: me this, Batman? Why does England still have a monarchy? I don't know why. Can you please enlighten me? It's a
1: huge money maker. I mean, look, look at the uh, the royal baby and you know and all that stuff. People love that man. They, they love it, and it's it's just it's a money maker. Yeah. That's that's all it is. But um, I guess it wouldn't be England without it, kind of thing. You know.
0: That's very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I just I saw the stuff. It's like I've just never quite understood. I maybe mean, I mean I take it back. I mean I understand it. You know, it's it's basic human emotion. Yeah. People, like, they, you know, they like having the royal family. Like you said, it's it's very interesting. There's always stuff going on, and and it just. But um, but I just I never really truly understood the like fascination. Like when Princess Diana was around, and then the whole yeah. now the Kate Middleton stuff and the baby, and like, you know, it's uh, it, it's just I I just don't get the intricate fascination with. Yeah.
1: I, I'm the same, and honestly, man, I I would honestly say most of the interest comes from people that don't live in England. The people that live in England just don't care because they're so used to it. They're just like, uh, well, I don't. At least I talk to I talk for myself. I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I think it comes more from uh, actually the the guys in the US seem quite interested in it, which is uh, well,
0: I would I would agree with your statement if you replace guys in that sentence with girls, yeah, yeah women. <laughs> because yes, they, I, for some reason, uh, well, I mean, I don't know, you know, women are programmed to love babies and weddings yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so I, you know, I can't really knock them on that too much, but, uh, it, you know what I do love about England is, uh, I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm sure it's on your guys' TV as well, but occasionally some, uh, some channels in, uh, in the united states or you could go online and, and look at this too but they have these uh you guys have these ridiculously vicious debates in your like house of lords or house of commons or whatever like it's so entertaining i mean it's you just have
1: a, it's just a cussing match
0: yeah it's a i mean people get up and it'll be like you know yeah. we recognize the you know sir, <laughs> such and such from the commonwealth of you know wherever <laughs> yeah. nottingham and then that guy gets up and he'll just be like He like, well, I call the prime minister, and he just starts railing against the injustices (laughs) of the world, and then and then he'll sit down, and another guy gets up, and and then that guy will start (laughs) saying something, and he'll be like, "That is pure rubbish. That is unbelievable libel. I can't believe you would say such a thing." And then boo, boo, and then people are like, literally like booing and cheering and like pounding (laughs) on things, and I'm just like, yeah, it's it's like it's like this crazy like it, it almost sometimes I feel like everyone just. Shotgun five beers before they walked into this crazy yeah. debate, you know?
1: But what's crazy, why don't they just get together and work together? Because they're spending all this bullshit time going crazy at each other. It was like yes, it was like yesterday I was watching it. And, um, and basically one, one guy was saying to the prime minister, you know, uh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And, um, and then the prime minister stood up and was like, well, you were in power three years ago. And the things you're saying wrong are the things that you let happen. And we're trying to fix. And then everyone got up and was like, yeah, boy, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Honestly. Yeah, yes. but you're right. It's it's insane. Uh, you don't see that in many other countries.
0: No, you definitely don't. You do not see that in the United States for 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 certain. I mean, the, <laughs> if you ever watch those debates, like, you watch, it's called C-SPAN. And, I mean, dude, if you want to go to sleep, watch a C-SPAN. Just watch something that has happens in our Congress. First of all, our Congress is... Uh, approval rating is like 10%, you know, <laughs> and then I think people would rather go to the dentist for a root canal than watch five hours of, of our congressional <laughs> hearings It's completely so ridiculous weird. Yeah, um, but yeah, but it, it is It's it's, it's uh, well then you know at the same time. Okay, so England definitely has insane but Kind of slightly awesome debates that go on and uh, and thoroughly entertaining um, but at least you guys aren't like getting in uh, actual fistfights fights. Because I watched some, there's been you know a little clip, a clip will pop up on whatever some, somebody linked it on Facebook or something happens, or and it'll be like, yeah, uh, I guess I'm I'm thinking I don't know Ukraine's popping in my head because of all the dude.
1: It's, Same. Have you yeah. seen
0: what's happening in the Ukraine?
1: Have you seen any yeah, of that stuff? I've, I've seen I've seen that 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 fist fight in in Parliament.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like like the guys will literally get in fights and well and then but but have you seen the um I mean that is so that yeah like the Eastern European. Uh, madness that goes on. I mean, these guys will actually literally get in like a gigantic gang fight in Congress. And dudes punching each other. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening.
1: And twirling uh, for the Russia man. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. I was scared.
0: But, but dude, did you have you seen what's happening in the Ukraine though with all those protests?
1: Yeah. That yeah, it, it
0: looked, yeah, it looks like medieval warfare. I mean, you literally have like the, not only the protesters have taken it to another level. They're building like catapults out of like scrap wood and breaking up the streets. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's crazy. And then you have uh, the, the riot cops getting doused in like um, in uh, in like Molotov cocktails. And they're forming like phalanxes, like Greek straight warfare phalanxes from 2000 years ago with these like riot <laughs> shields. And then the protesters are doing the same thing. I mean, it's it's insane.
1: Yeah, it is insane. It's been all over the news over here. Yeah, it's crazy. But um, it, it,
0: have you have you gone to?
1: Because there, there's a paintball series in Eastern Europe. Is that still around? No, it used to be. It was called the Centurio. Yes. Or the ETS, and uh, I I played the Polish one, the Ukrainian one, the the um, the one in Hungary. But yeah, that was really good. I mean, there's some beautiful places in Eastern Europe. But um, you know, it's crazy times as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: so, uh, so I love when we get on tangents. So, uh, let's, let's get back to damage, man. So how's this going to work? Cause you live in London and they're in Florida. At least that's not as bad as say if you had got picked up from a California team or something. No, but, uh, are you going to go out there and spend a decent amount of time or how's that going to work logistically?
1: I'm literally, I'm going to practice, um, in England during the week and, uh, as much as I can. And then I'm going to fly out two weeks before the event. So, um, I'll, I'll practice like two team practices, um, on the weekends before the event and then during the week with a few of the guys and just doing drills and and pretty much that's it, I'm just going to slot in So,
0: and how do you feel, um, like where do you see yourself playing
1: on the field? Honestly everyone, everyone asks me this and I got picked up to join Russian Legion to play the front Dorito side you know straight, that's why Max picked me up in the first place but then I joined uh, Russian Legion and Axel couldn't play the two so I ended up playing the two. Okay. And they thought, oh, you know, it was a great idea to put Jason behind Axel because they're playing in Europe. And it worked. It did work, man. We played good together. And um, and then it just it just kind of stuck, you know. And um, I've never ever played the two. I've never played the three, you know, but I've done all of that with Russian Legion. And I can say that it's made me a more dynamic player. I can do anything now, you know, I can play any any spot on the field. But I do more damage when I'm playing the front one on the Doritos uh, side definitely Uh, that's where I want to play but that's me you know SK may may take me to practice and I end up playing the two if I do I do but I feel for me I'm a I'm a front Dorito guy every every day of the day it's good
0: well I mean you know I know you got skills it's gonna be tough to be that guy though because you're gonna have to beat out uh for a spot and And yeah and and Holiday and I mean they they've got you know, they've got some weapons over there. They
1: do, man. They do. I mean, that that's what I'm saying, man. I, I You know, I'll play the Snake. I, I'm completely fine with it. But, you know, I, th- I feel like the, that team's play style does suit me quite a lot. And even if I play the two, um, I can still play my game, you know. I, I, I'm going to go back to the Russians a bit. When I played on the Russians, it, it felt like I was very restricted a, a lot of the times. Like, um, people, like I would get told, you know, to the point of like a minute into the game, but you know, we need this and this done and that's absolutely fine. You know, that's the team game plans and I'm there to do it. But sometimes it's like over the top where it limits players and you can't kind of um, react to certain things because you never know what's going to happen in a game and you lose two guys off the break, you shoot two guys off the break, you know, you never know what's going to happen. So um, I feel like on this team, I can, I can just be myself and play my game and, the language barrier, that that is one thing that I'm looking forward to not having to deal with. I'm, I'm really excited about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, how is that? I mean, you know, that comes up a quite a bit, and and I had talked to the Heat guys about it, and, and they had said that, you know, that was definitely something that was a factor. It definitely plays a part. And, you know, when you go to, you know, do you think that has something to do with, like, the clicks, too, that have developed on Moscow? I mean, does that have anything to do with it?
1: Or? I think it's... Uh, see, see... I, I, I do think it's probably 80% of the reason there's clicks. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can have fun with someone that don't speak English, man. Like, I, I have done. You know, I've got friends that don't speak very good English. And we just find a mutual understanding. Sign language, you know, facial expressions, whatever have you. You know, we just get on with it. And, you know, we point over there and laugh at something. You know, that's just getting on with it. But mm-hmm. I think it comes down to personalities as well. People... Don't want to try, you know. If they're embarrassed to try and try and you know talk, or they just don't want to, you know. I I really don't know. I I still don't know to this day. Give them Uh, vodka. You just gotta give them vodka, man. Just give them vodka. They're completely different. (laughs) They're completely different people,
0: (laughs) right? I totally. I mean, hey, you just. And that goes for. I mean, that that was one of the funny things about um, when I played with Joy Division. And, or just, it was in Europe in general, anytime I go over to Europe and, you know, and and it's funny because, you know, and and this is, I don't know if this is the same in England as it is in, uh, I mean, how is your general average English uh, citizen, how's their competency on on speaking other languages? Because America's terrible at that. Zero. Yeah, we we are too, you know, I mean, I've said it before, but it's, you know, it's that old, it's that old cliche, or it's like, if you speak three languages, you're trilingual, if you speak two languages, you're bilingual. And if you speak one language, well, then you're American. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So that, that's, that's very similar. Yeah, That's or British. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that is kind of one of the perks of... It's a sad thing, too, because your, your brain... It, 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 it's it's really good for your brain to try to learn another language. Yes.
1: I would love to know another language.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know Mas Paquito Español, uh, <laughs> because I grew up in San Diego and had to take it as, you know... Um, well, I mean, it was just kind of kind of a no-brainer to take it. But... But that being said, uh, your typical American, it, not only are they, uh, they don't speak another language, but they're super arrogant about it, which actually pisses me off because that gives yeah. us Americans uh, a, a really bad rep anytime we go anywhere else. Um, yeah. and,
1: uh, and that was, you know, that's always kind of rough. Um, but- I think it's the same same in, in England, man. We, I mean, we go, I've been called lazy and everything, you know, and even being on the Russians, like learning, you know, Privyet you la, know, you know, hello, how are you? And some, some game plans, you know. At least I was trying, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, but, man, it's so hard. It's it, that The pronunciations in Russian are just – and and then Malloy's like, Nah, man, it's easy. It's easy. I'm like, yeah, all right, man, whatever. Help. It's not easy.
0: <laughs> hey, bro, I feel you completely because I have to read their names when we do the rosters. <laughs> yeah. And I butcher it all. I mean, I try my best, and I go to them, and I'm like, can you say, that? say your name? You know, and then they'll be like, "So nice golf," and I'm like, what, "What? What was that again?" "So nice golf," and I'm like, what, uh, uh, "I'm, tr- I'm trying, buddy. Syllables. I'm <laughs> I am trying. I, there's a. The, can I buy a vowel? Is there? Is this like? <laughs> it's, it, there's a. I feel like there's a hidden like consonant in there, or something that you're saying okay. that I can't pronounce. I don't get it.
1: <laughs> I yeah. just don't have to plug in, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, but but it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things, but. Uh, but that being said, like we were just saying before, when you go over there, um, I remember being in Scandin- Scandinavia is a little bit different because Scandinavia is, they speak good. They English, speak man. great English, but they, but they're, you know, and I totally understand. It makes complete sense because I'm the same way with Spanish and my Spanish has gotten terrible because I, I don't have to use it ever now, but, uh, or that much, unless I'm ordering food at a Mexican place or randomly talking to, you know, um, a guy that doesn't speak English at all, which is pretty rare. But, uh, but so, you know, I'd be over there and people be like, you know, you get a guy that's really quiet and he's be, you know, and then you give him like two, three beers and then all of a sudden, you know, they start not really caring anymore. And then poof, they speak perfect English.
1: Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that because at World Cup last year, um, who's now in our chaos, uh, he spoke, I'm not shitting you, dude, not one word of English, right? And at World Cup after the event, we got drunk together and he he spoke better english than me man <laughs> I, i'm not joking i was looking at the coach in utter shock we were we were all in like what the hell where has this come from and he was just rallying it off like nothing it's like my it's confidence man it told, it's
0: totally it's totally yeah liquid courage baby liquid courage Oh, definitely yeah yeah no it, it's it's so and then you know and then they and they're so apologetic about it too i mean I remember being with some norwegians and swedish people and finnish people but whatever germans it doesn't matter they'll literally apologize like they'll say oh I'm sorry, you know, my, my English is not very good. And I'm like, are you kidding me, man? You're speaking great right now. And I'll tell you what, your English is a hell of a lot better than my German. So you <laughs> Yeah, <know. laughs> I always say that. And that's so
1: true. You know, but.
0: yeah. No, it's it's interesting though. But that's again, you know, we 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 touch on this a lot, but it, it bears repeating it. It's such an interesting thing because when you especially you, you've traveled so much and you know, being from England and then playing with the Tauntauns and Traveling in Europe extensively and playing with the Russians, and now you're going to be coming over to the States. I mean, you get this like giant cultural experience that yeah. really kind of enriches your understanding of, of how the world works and how people are, you know?
1: It's, it's grown me up very quick, you know, like the last two years, um, traveling on my own, obviously, because I was the only English guy on the team. So traveling on my own all the time and, you know, being around different people, different types of personalities. Yeah, that's the good way to say it. Different types of personalities. And, um, you know, it, 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 it grows you up, you know, it, it makes you see the world in a different place. So
0: what do you think have been the best things about the paintball life for you? You know, if you, if someone were to, you know, like, let's say you're about, you know, you're find out like your plane's crashing or something's happening and, or, you know, God himself came down and was like, Jason, I need you to give me, you know, all of the insights that you've gained over traveling the earth. What would those be?
1: That's a good question. Um, I on like, Man, I I'm not gonna sugarcoat. It. I come from a terrible area of London, like a really bad area, you know. And I grew up, and I was, you know, not good at school so much, you know. I was pretty bad at school, and I never really had anything going for me. You know, I was working in the dye warehouse when I when I uh, was at college, and it was, you know, I didn't have much going for me. And Paintballers gave me that opportunity to travel the world and see everything and do stuff that m- my friends will never get the opportunity to do. And be wanted. That's a, that's probably the biggest thing. Be n- not known because it's not. I don't care about you know the the spotlight and stuff. You know it's great for people to know your name. You know, but at the end of the day, being on a team and and being counted and that and that and the four guys next to you. going, oh, we've got Jason on the field. You know, we're, we're fine on that side. You know, he's going to do his job. That that satisfaction to me is is the biggest thing. You know, feeling that you know you're actually wanted in a in a in a team. That's for me. Is the biggest thing. That's awesome, man. That's uh, a.
0: It's really interesting, because I think that that's an, you know, I think that's a universal human desire, to yes. to be to one to to want to be a part of you know because we're we are tribal by nature. I mean, shit, man. Look at the way the world's set up right now. You know, I mean, it's yes. just a bunch of bickering tribes all the time. Whether it's corporations just... bickering at each other, that's a tribe. You know, I mean, whatever team. You know, look how, how rabid everyone gets behind the the team. That they're, you know, the soccer club, the football club, whatever it is, yep. you know, I mean, that's a tribe, your country is a tribe. I mean, you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of people died over that sort of thing, over wanting to belong right. and, and do what they need to do to support their tribe. So yep. I think that that is a, a fundamentally crucial and, and, and base human desire that exists in every human being that, that lives on this planet, and and I think that's that's pretty honest of you to say that too. You know, to the, to to actually say, yeah, man. I mean, it was it was tough growing up, and you know, never really felt like you know I you know didn't feel like necessarily like school wasn't your thing, and you know, you didn't really have anything that super consumed you. And then you found paintball, happened to be good at it, decided to really apply yourself and work hard to achieve something. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden you're you know getting signed, getting paid to play for one of the best teams in the world, and in, in, in Russian Legion. And then and now. You know, making a move over to a, a contender a, a currently, um, and I think that that's that's honest of you to actually admit that to say. You know, hey, I think that, and, and I think everybody, every single person, can totally relate to that because it's very true. Um, but uh, but well, it, I
1: mean, there's there's guys down um, my local field, and there's you know, I'm thinking off the top of my head, three or four kids that you know are still at college now. Um, they literally work to play. You know, everything, every single. Penny that they spend play, goes to paintball. You know, my little brother is seventeen and he's at college right now, and he's a lot better than I was when I was seventeen. And uh, <laughs> I tell you something now, he, you know, everything he does it revolves around paintball, and um, anyone can do it, Maddie. Honestly, like if you if you really put yourself out there and you really, really just put everything into it, you know, ah, uh, you know, if someone goes, oh, like Jason, let's go out tonight, and let's go and do this, you know, I've lost friends over it. You know, I've, I've, I've said to them, no, man, I'm training tomorrow. I'm practicing tomorrow. I'm going to an event tomorrow. And I don't speak to them people anymore, you know. And it, it's grown me up. It, it, it's grown me up. It's made me a, a bigger person. And, I, you know, I, I think I'm the person I am today because of paintball or a very big part of it. I, I honestly believe that. So what was it like? I mean,
0: what part of London did you grow up in?
1: Um, it's Enfield. So it's um, like North London Um Well, I don't know if you remember, but 2011 there was London riots, and uh, it kicked off really bad. Basically, the whole city got rioted and looted, and it was really and it started like, put it this way, I could see the fire from my house. Wow! It started, it started about 10 minutes from me. Um, So that's like the kind of area that I'm from. Uh, So you know, it's not a sob story. You know, it is what it is. You know, I've, I've taken it on the chin. I've grown up, and I've just got on with it. And um, I've just made the best out of a bad situation, really.
0: You know, it's funny because uh, I think that people look at at Britain in general and London particularly. And if they don't have knowledge or haven't been there, and even when you go to London and, and no, we were joking earlier about, you know, when you go to these places for paintball trips that, you know, you're in and out and you're seeing yeah. hotels, fields. Maybe you might get a chance to get at a bar once or maybe twice if you're, you know. On a team that's not going to yell at you because you're not doing what you need to <laughs> do to try to win the tournament. But, um, but that being said, you know I, I've, I've definitely spent some time traveling around England before, and uh, but I've noticed some really tough dudes from London, particularly that grew up in really shady parts of. And it's a giant, oh, yeah. it's a huge, huge. I mean, it's one of the biggest cities on the world, has been for a long time. I think that London was actually the first city other than uh, Rome back uh, in the original Roman Empire to have a million people in it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, but that being said, you know, there are some really shitty, just like any big city, there are some really shitty parts of London that, uh, that, that breed some really tough individuals.
1: And you just don't see it, you know, it it gets pushed aside because um, there's a, there's like a huge highway that goes around the whole of London called the M25. And um, pretty much there's like two columns. So there's that road and then there's um, all, all the inside of that. That's where all the suburbs are. And um, you know, there's some great places, some beautiful places, but there are also some really run down, bad places that you just will not want to walk through at night. You know, and then um, and then inside that, you've got like London, London that everyone imagines in their head when someone says it: Big Ben, it's Tower Bridge, you know, London Eye. You know, so you know it is it is what it is. You know, I I think it's character building. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you got to look, I'm I'm glad you're putting a positive slant on it because if not, then you're, you know, I mean, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, everyone's incarnated into this body in different situations. Some people are born to billionaires and some people are born into poverty, but regardless, you still have physical ability to move through the world and try to manipulate and and mold the world to your will. And, you know, and that is based a lot on intention and, and, uh, and not feeling sorry for yourself. And uh, and that's a crucially important thing. It was actually I saw this really it, it was. It, but that being said, it, it, it's it. But I think that that's why people love stories about people that, you know, like right now in the United States there. I don't know if you heard about this over uh, across the pond, but um, there's this big, huge uproar because this guy named Richard Sherman has been this huge polarizing figure in American football there. So the Super Bowl is coming up in two weeks or now one week. And, uh, and the, the defensive back had this huge play and he's this like, you know, he's, he's black guy, he's got dreadlocks. And, uh, and at the end of the game, he was super hyped up over this play that he made. So, you know, the white, cute, white, pretty reporter comes up to him and and starts, you know, asking him like, Oh, how was that game? And, you know, I remember watching it live and, you know, I wasn't even actually watching the interview because every interview is so terrible. Uh, I mean, in the sense that I think America's just got so used to these vanilla bullshit interviews where it's like, yeah, you oh, know, yeah. man, I'm just, you know, it's like, oh, how was that game, Tom Brady? And Tom Brady's like, oh, man, you know, we just gave 110% out there. And uh, it's team effort. You know what I'm saying? Team effort. And that's what that's what it <laughs> takes. And, yeah. uh, you know, just like to thank all of our fans Hope. and our, our coaches. They set up a really good game plan for us. And we just executed the game plan. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like the same exact yeah.
1: interview. Every same s- in soccer or football over here, you know. They're just like yep, good lads, good job, boys. That's it.
0: Yeah, and and people look, and they're so used to seeing these these uh, these stereotypical vanilla answers that all of a sudden this you know this and and it kind of speaks to the I think latent racism in, in a decent decent part of our our, our populace. And I may get beat up for this on the internet, but I don't care. But uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I mean, so this you know, black guy gets up there and he's hyped and he's, he's being emotionally honest in that moment. He just made a big play. He's the best defensive back in the league. And, you know, so Aaron Andrews, the reporter goes, you know, how was that last play? And he's just like, he literally just looks in the camera and just starts screaming. He's like, that's what happens when you line a sorry receiver up against me. I'm the best defensive back in the league, you know, and you disrespect (laughs) me like that. That's what's going to happen. He's so sorry, you know, he just starts going off and and she's just shocked. She's like looking at him like, Oh my god, you know, you could see the look on her okay. face and she's like who, who said that to you and he's like crabtree You know, which is which was the receiver that he just clowned in this awesome play that he made <laughs> to help his team win the game And then boom all of a sudden the you know the blogosphere and Twitter and everything just starts blowing up with like Oh, what a cl- I can't what a he's such a thug He's such a classless thug and like everyone's just going off and I'm like thinking you know what man I I actually am not as into football as I used to be because I'm, you know, I, I love watching the, the athleticism and, and these guys out there like literally risking their lives almost in, in a way because, you know, with the the information that's come out about, you know, traumatic head injuries, you know, these football players are going out there and, I mean, with all these crazy things that have been happening, I mean, they're literally risking their, you know, their their livelihood and their, and their, and their futures, and their mental futures by playing this really brutal game. And, you know, God forbid somebody be really hyped about this amazing play that he didn't speak, you know, emotionally and honestly about what actually happened. And that's kind of goes like, that's why I like when we put the camera on you when we're doing the webcast, because I'm actually going to get a legit answer instead of, you know, and. And I and I do respect the guys that look at it that way, and it, let's keep this professional, and let's keep this you know above the yeah. boards and that sort of thing. But I'm just somebody that I love a good story, and I love when people are honest about things. And yeah. and to me, that's fascinating. To me, that's entertaining. To me, that's in- interesting. And Definitely. you know, and that's and what I, think, I, that's what I want to see.
1: Yeah, and I th- I think you can be professional and do it still, dude. Like, I, I I think you can be professional. You don't have to cuss anyone or shit or you know talk shit about anybody, but you can say it how it is. You know, at the end of the day. Everyone's watching on the webcast. They can see how it is, you know. It doesn't matter what you do if you sugarcoat it. You look more like a dick if you sugarcoat it, you know. You're better off turning around and saying, look, this is what the problem is. We're trying to fix it. There it is on the table.
0: Yeah, and I mean, dude, as somebody that has to spend 10 hours a day talking up there three days in a row... You know, yeah. I know all about like having to keep things above the boards, um, yeah. you know, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's a certain intensity that, you know, especially with the athletes. So I, I get it both ways. I understand. It's just it's just interesting to me. And why I was bringing this up is that, you know, this guy, you know, Sherman, he came out of one of the worst parts of California. And, and, and it's you know become popularized through gangster rap with, you know, with like Dr. Drain and all that. But he came from Compton, California. And, uh, you know, South Central Los Angeles, which is a really terrible part of L.A. And it's, uh, you know, gang ridden violence and drugs and all that sort of stuff. And then he not only did he make it out of there, he got a four point two grade average coming out of high school. Then he goes to Stanford University, which is like, dude, Stanford uh, is I mean, it's Stanford's incredibly prestigious university as far as academics is concerned. And then, you know, and then you watch videos of this guy breaking tape down. And, uh, which is, you know, an interesting thing. And I kind of want to talk to you a little bit about this too, but, you know, so he's like intricately breaking down like the, you know, tendencies of certain receivers and certain quarterbacks. I mean, he is a student of the game. And that's one of the reasons that though he's not the biggest or the fastest or the strongest, he's the best or one of the best. I and mean, you could argue that a little bit, you know, whether he's, yeah. you know, top five or the best or top three, I mean, that's, that is up for debate a little bit, but he is one of the best unarguably. And, uh, and, you know, and he, he did that through hard work and determination and brought himself out of a really shitty situation. And that's admirable. And that's, yeah. people love people those stories. Yeah. You have to respect that, you know? So, you know. Love him or hate him for his emotional honesty. Either you think that he's classless because he, you know, decided to vent his actual real feelings instead of, you know, just giving that, you know, straight up, I guess, quote unquote, professional answer um, yeah. to to those sorts of things. But you know, I'll tell you what, if I was then, if I was running the NFL, I'd be like, man, this is great for us because it is just all look at all this free Definitely. advertising we're getting for the Super Bowl, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, it, and it's and it's adding up, and it's, it's going to be a great matchup because you know then you have you know Peyton Manning who just came off literally the best season that a quarterback has ever had in the NFL and he and and a lot of people wrote him off thinking that you know he had a severe neck injury and people didn't think he was going to play and you know left his the team that he was on before to come to the Denver Broncos and then led him to the Super Bowl and now this awesome quarterback who just had the best season ever is going up against a, you know the best secondary in in the league so it's it's going to be that's going to be uh, a really cool Super Bowl, and it just but it adds a really cool story. And to me, paintball is fascinating not just for the game itself. The game itself is incredibly interesting, yes. And the people playing it t- is what really captivates me. You know, the, all the different stories that go on with these guys' different trajectories in the sport of paintball, and then in this because paintball is so unique. There's really nothing quite like it. You know, you're, 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 offense and defense. You're playing essentially offense and defense at the same time. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're dodging projectiles, th- thousands of them that are coming at you at, you know, about 200 miles an hour. And, uh, and, and it's this crazy chess master's guns. You know, it's just a, it's a really badass thing to do. And, yeah, uh, yeah so I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Now, let me I kind of want to talk about that watching tape. So, you know, when, when, when this guy's when, you know, this incredible genius at playing the defensive back position, which is a really difficult position to play in the NFL, because uh, the receivers are just beasts. These guys are giants. They're incredibly fast. They track star speed, and you know, like they're you know six foot five. You know, these guys are ridiculous. But you know, going in, like, how much tape do you watch? I mean, do you watch a lot of the webcast? Do you spend time? I mean, I know coming from the Russians, I was kind of like part of the secrets of the trade for the Russians for a while, right?
1: Uh, I mean, the the coaches get there at seven in the morning. They they record every single game, and uh, but when we play. They record us. They don't record the other team. So then, um, so basically, you you know, we would go back to the hotel, and we would have an hour, two hour, two and a half hour, three hours if it's been a bad day meeting, and uh, we'll watch the the tape back. And um, every time we get shot, we stand up and we tell everyone how we got shot and what we're going to do to fix it. Every single time you've been shot in a game. And it does take some time because then they they start arguing in Russian, and then with me, 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 and the rest of the guys that don't speak Russian are just looking at the walls for about twenty minutes.
0: <laughs> are you just just playing straight playing like Candy Crush on your phone secretly when all that's Pr- going pretty on?
1: Pretty much, man. I should just yeah. Clash uh, of Clans, well, we actually... just
0: upgrading your barbarians or what? Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that's a good shout, man. I should have been doing that. <laughs> I probably would have got a uh, saint frown at me though, probably. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I could, I could just see that. And he'd be like, Wheeler, why are you not paying attention? It's like, look, bro, you've been literally talking in, I mean, you're just speaking Russian for the past half hour. I, I don't speak Russian. Um, and it wasn't me that got shot that time. So I, I, I don't know if I am I supposed to just kind of look at you not understanding what the hell you guys are talking about? Like, uh, That's
1: pretty much what it was. Yeah, yeah, that, that was pretty much what it was. But tape, I mean, I watched the webcast, you know, I've pretty much watched every every game back. Um, I'll get back to the hotel after playing because the Russians don't like to stand around the field. So I'll go straight back to the, um, I don't know what it's like on damage, but um, I'm sure they're the same. We go back to the hotel and I'll sit there and watch all the games from the day, you know, in the evening, just chilling on my bed. And it helps me, you know, say, for example, you know, you're playing Dynasty tomorrow and you see the guy in front of you, you know, if he's oversliding, you know, if he's going shallow or deep or, you know, different ways to get in his bunker and, you know, you step out, you go, oh, there, there he is. I know he goes deep to his bunker, you know, so you're going to adjust your shot off the break, you know. It, I, I try and teach these things at clinics and, and tell people these, but that is really something that, I mean, how, how good would it be to know exactly how someone's going to go to their bunker, you know, when, when when you're about to shoot somebody on the break? You know, and I'm sure some of the good players in the game do the same, and it and it does help a huge lot because it's all about depth off the off the break, uh, off the you know shooting off the break. So, being able to know that beforehand, you know, it's all about watching tape.
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's I think that that is you know think about it this way. You know, if you're if let's just okay, dynasty for sure. And Rusty Glaze, their coach, awesome coach, one of the best in the game, if not the (laughs) best in the game. He's you know out there, uh, literally making these dudes break the break tape down watch the tape and you know if you if you, and, and, and the Russians do that er, 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 you know I know a lot of the big teams do that and if you're not doing that and your opponents are you know how are you gonna expect to have that edge on them oh, exactly and also it's like that is it's there it's the, the information is there your opponents the people that you are going to be playing it's there to watch and then also if you're coming up in the divisional ranks well man no better people to you know you got to watch the best and, and emulate what they do till you find your own style. And uh, and and yeah. So it's uh, to me, I think fundamentally important because there's so much you can learn from you know watching guys' tendencies. I mean, some guys, when put in a pressure situation, they attack. Some guys, when put in a pressure situation, they tend to you know dig a ditch. And uh, try to cross it up with whoever's left on the field. Some guys over slide bunkers on the reg- on a regular basis. You know, everyone's doing. Everyone has certain tendencies. You know, yeah. I mean, and uh, and then that also depends on the layouts. You know, is it a strong snake side? Who's dynasty going to put out there for their line? Is going to be the same line? Are they going to run one guy more than, than they normally do? Depending on how those bunkers are set up within that snake structure. You know, there's just a, there's a lot that goes into that, and uh, it I've varies found- every time. Yeah. I mean, what are your favorite types of layouts to play? I mean, do you like it when there's a strong snake? Do you like, I mean, what if you had your druthers, like what would be your ideal setup for the field?
1: I love a traditional field. Like I love a good Dorito side, a straight snake, uh, the X in the middle, um, some stuff around the middle to play about big corners, a big back center. I love a standard basic layout. I don't like the crazy layouts and, um i mean dorito side i love it when you know you can go dorito one on the break and and your head to head with like the back center to to, to get across and you your gunfight like on, on open ground i love i love that kind of thing like long distance gunfight and that's that's the kind of fields i like nice and then so
0: i guess uh you got some news to break for us too so you're who are you playing in europe with this year
1: um london nexus i'm back to my roots um played with them from 2008 to 2012. so I was with them for a long time, um, and pr- to be honest, they they were the reason I am the player I am today. I, w- I would honestly say that. I mean, they gave me the opportunity. Die gave me the opportunity to play every single week and Saturday and Sunday, and um, you know they gave me a job. I mean, that goes back to the whole thing and uh, how it all started out. I um I was literally driving two two hours two to three hours a day. Through central London to the south side of London, so I'm from the north, to work at die in the warehouse when I was like 18, um, just so I could get the time off to play with Nexus, and uh, that's that's uh, I did that for three years, so uh, that's uh, I'm back to my roots basically, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, I've got some really good friends on there, and I'm bringing some friends with me from what the team I was play, playing for last year, and I'm looking forward to it. It's so gonna be really good.
0: who are the up and comers on Nexus? Like, okay, let's say I'm in Europe, and uh, you know I'm looking for ne- looking at Nexus. Like, who are the, the next you know Jason Wheelers coming out of uh, out of Nexus?
1: Um, I think everyone has the, like I've brought a few players onto the onto the new team, um, but uh, one one player I'll definitely say is very good is Sean uh, Sean Hassel. Um, he he's solid. You know, he's he's just one of those solid players that's always there. And he's done his job and he's progressed through the years. Um, I'm taking um, Alan Maker on the team with me. Um, He's a bit of an older guy. Sorry, Alan, I had to say it, man. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But he is solid. And I I, I said to Ash, uh, you know, I want him on my team. You know, he's such a good player. And you don't really appreciate... He's one of those players that has always played the back row and you don't really appreciate them until you're playing in front and he's putting two guys in for you, you know? And uh, you don't really appreciate that until you're in the mix with them. And uh, that's why I really pushed to get him on. Um, and also Declan Wales, um, young guy as well. He's uh, he's an up-and-coming star. Just, you know, he'll get there. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Well, it's really cool to hear. You know, look, Nexus is another one of those teams that, I, you know, I would hate to ever see anything bad happen to Nexus because, you know, they've, they've been the, uh, the England paintball team for, uh, you know, Damn near a decade now, and yeah. um, and I, it's cool to hear that that you guys are trying to build that team up again to you know just to keep it strong, and that's that's really cool to hear. So, yeah. um, and, and Clint Moore is not playing on the team anymore.
1: No, Clint Moore and Marcelo, because Marcelo played for the team last year. Okay. Um. So uh, yeah, I mean, the the idea well, I can say it now because um, the trial was being announced, but there's going to be a Nexus two as well. So, oh, wow. um, it's a bit of a feeder program going on there. Um, but yeah, Clint Clint has gone to. I mean, I I've pl- I played with Clint for many many years, um, you know, and he he was one of my uh, my mentors when I was growing up. And uh, it's a shame he's not going to be on Nexus, but um, he'll have the fun on the on the Russians with uh, Art Chaos, and you'll uh, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about from this interview. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Our chaos is an interesting story too, you know, and yeah. uh, I mean, they've really put together a, a pretty solid roster. Um, you know, they also went after a lot of guys too. I mean, like, you know, they tried to get, to keep Kyle Spick on the team, which they had Spick on the team in, uh, in La- in 2013 season uh, in Europe. Cause he played for dynasty over here uh, in the States. And uh, you know, they went after him and, and tried to throw some money his way, but he turned down decent coin to, to stay with dynasties, but it's yeah. kind of impressive that he, you know, I mean, um, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes to to make your way in the world. But it, it's always cool when when somebody decides to pass up a really big offer to stay with the team that they really, really want to play for. Yeah, you know? no, definitely. Yeah, and, that, and yeah, and it was it was a tough decision for him too. I mean, it's tough. De- it's hard to turn down a lot of money. You know. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but uh, but our chaos definitely. I mean, how do you feel they're going to do? I mean, your thoughts on that situation? Them coming into the league. What do you think?
1: Um, I mean, on paper. They've got some of the best players in the world. You know, it is stacked, that team. I mean, Axel is probably one of the best front players, in my opinion, um, in the game. When he's on on form, Axel is an amazing player. Um, Clint is solid. Um, He reads the game really well. He shoots great off the break. Um, He'll be an asset to them. But then, like, they've got Malloy, Sergei, uh, Fedorov, Mishka, um, Pasha, They've they've got a great team, uh, a very good team, and you know, I I, I think that they're going to be in finals. They're, 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 I can safely say that they'll definitely be in finals this year.
0: Yeah, I mean they uh, they've definitely stacked their roster with pretty much all the best players ever to come out of Russia. You know. which is, uh, which is, which is impressive. And then, you know, they got some solid role players on that team too. So, but you never know, man, you never know how things are Uh, going to go until, you know, because uh, also, I mean, you know, damage is stacking up and, and uh, the Ironman have merged with royalty and, and, uh, you know, impact has some new pickups X factor, obviously won the world cup, you know, it's, you know, who knows? infamous still has an amazing roster with tons of talent on it. And they should be very hungry this year because they didn't really have the year last year they wanted to have. And it's just it, the the league is really the PSP is becoming really strong, man. The,
1: the top level teams are going uh, to be
0: bashing heads this year. Win. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, I, and I think that's good for the sport. I hated it back in the day where, you know, for example, the EXL like a very long time ago when the Russians were playing it, they were just dominating everyone. You know, they 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 won nearly every event, I think. And I hate that. You know, I hate I hate it when there's one team that's always going to bash down on everyone. But I mean, it was so. It, this this year, you just never know who's gonna who's gonna play good or bad. You just, and that's good for the sport. It just shows that the players' level uh, is increasing across the ball, which is nice.
0: Yeah, but you know, a lot of I mean, it, it, and what do you attribute that to? Do you think? I mean, of course, there's going to be a steady evolution of, of anything, whether it be technology or a certain skill within a discipline. Uh, when you know a, a bunch of different minds come together over time and you know compare notes and watch each other do it and compete and you know trial by fire, you're gonna you know what works is going to emerge. Um, but you know it's like stuff I, that you guys are doing, like the whole Project K thing. You know, I think that that's really cool, and you know the webcast people will be able to watch that. But talk about Project K a little bit. You know, I know that that's it's a cool option for people to increase
1: their skill level. Right. Yeah. So basically um project k is an online training system so um say for example you know matty marshall comes jason man i want to sign up um i'll get you signed up you pay your fee for the the 12 months and um you get a login detail there's just been a new version announced today actually version 3.0 um so you'll get your um you'll get your login details you go into your member space and you'll get put on the badge system which is like a Pretty much like karate, with different color. Uh, they're like they're like iron-on patches that go onto your jersey, and um, every every patch has its own um, criteria that you have to match. You know, for example, to get to 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 go from white to yellow, you need to um, do like say, for example, you're a snake plaid, two snake drills, and you know uh, a gunfighting drill, for example, and and you send a picture of your gun setup to make sure set up right. And it's something simple like that, then it gets harder and harder and harder and harder by the time you're on gold, you know, you should be making Sunday and be on a, a, a decent team and an all-rounded good player. And um, basically, it, it allows me to work with people directly, um, wherever I am in the world, wherever they are in the world, um, and at their own time. And, you know, some people can only play once a month. Some, some people play every day, you know, so we try and cater for everything. We do team accounts, individual accounts, um, but like you got the drill system and then videos to go with the drills um, and I can talk just like we are right now on the system or I can type to them so a lot of money's been spent in the new system and I and I hope it works out because I mean I've got around 200 220 I think the last time I checked people on there right now and most of them, most of them are in the states so it's pretty cool to see
0: yeah well i mean the states are still you know i mean it's the, it's the biggest paintball country on earth and Definitely, that's just yeah. that's just the way it is yeah um so yeah no but it, it's cool man it, it because you know they're, in order for the speed of the sport to continue you know it just or, or for the trajectory of the sport itself and the evolution of the skills um you know the more that the the, the up and coming players have access to knowledge uh, about how to do it then, you know, that, then they're going to be able to bring that. It's like when we used yeah. to teach clinics, it's like, look, listen today. And yes, this is for you. I mean, obviously you paid the money to be here and, uh, and it's, it's fundamentally important that, um, you pick these skills up because it's really going to help your game. But, you know, these drills that we're about to do today and, and, and the logic behind these skills, uh, and the techniques that you're going to learn, you take, you can take this and take that back to your team and then thus improve everybody
1: around you at the same time, you know? Exactly. I say at my clinics, I mean, pe- people expect to be superstars overnight at clinics and or, or on Project K in the first, you know, early stages. But at the end of the day, it has to come from within, you know. You need to actually have the will to do it. And going back to the whole thing of, um, you know, why why there's more good players in the world. I mean, I, I honestly think it's people see the webcast, see these great players and, you know, see how professional it is now and, and want to achieve that. They want to be there. They want to be part of it. To be counted, like exactly like I was saying before.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, but that's the cool thing about about paintball, you know, is that you, you know, you you could be. It doesn't matter where you're from, what language exactly. you speak, but and that's honestly that's one of the things I think is the allure, and and, and hopefully will take us towards the future if everybody out there becomes a paintball prophet and starts spreading the gospel, and uh, and that's important because you need to take ownership of your passion, um, but. You know, Dana White from, you know, the UFC, MMA, mixed martial arts, he says this all the time. And, and when they talk to him about, you know, what, what is it about fighting? Uh, you know, it's kind of a brutal thing. I mean, it's like, yeah, dude, we're, we're, we shoot guns at each other. We're pretending to play war, you know.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, and just call it for what it is. But um, there's just something fundamental about that, you know, simulated chaos, about that simulated struggle that creates an actual, its own unique diverse real struggle that exists within the bounds of that activity, regardless of what it is. And, uh, and and you know, so Dana White always says, he didn't say that, but what he says, he's like, man, I don't care what language you speak. I don't care what country you're from. You're a human being and fighting is in our DNA, you know, and it's, and I think paintball... Because it's, it, it, you know, it's, you're not actually physically punching somebody in the face. You're shooting them with a, you know, gelatin capsule, but we're pretending that we have, you know, guns and we're shooting each other. So if this was a real zombie apocalypse and you're <laughs> on that side and I'm on this side, you know, you're I mean, going down, man. <laughs> you're going down, man. I'm taking, I'm taking your can of beans and your chapstick, bud. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, but, but it, it is, it is cool. I'm, I'm glad you guys are doing that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good. You're, you know, a big, you're a big paintball prophet yourself, you know. So, so it's uh, keep up the good work, you know. So overall thoughts on this year. When are things kicking off for you? When's first practice for damage?
1: Um, I I haven't put my flight yet. Uh, we're looking to go early March. Um, I'll be out there um, practicing all week, um, even if it's on my own, you know, during the during the week and practicing at the weekend with the team. Um, and then it all and then it all kicks off, man. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to getting getting over there. Um, looking forward to be coached um, by SK. He's a great coach, um, and um, I mean, I know all the guys pretty much, pretty well anyway. So I think it'll be a pretty easy transition, you know.
0: Yeah, and you know, again, no language barrier. And uh, I do think that your style—I um, mean, you can play aggressive, and and so can Damage. You know, I'm, I'm not knocking Damage for playing super conservative, but they do have a little bit more of a conservative mentality than say Impact. Uh, and so I think that you should fit in stylistically with the rest of the players on that team. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that you know, I mean, it's it's all it's all going to be you know, it's up to you, bud, <laughs> as far yep. as what happens in practice and what happens on that field. Um, but it's it, it, I'm, I'm happy for you that you feel that you know this is going to be a little bit more of a a fit um, than at least last year on, on Russian Legion was. But again, you know, all kudos to that organization. Um, but I can you know again, it, it's got to be hard to be. To be an import, you know it. it, But hey, everything comes with its risk. Everything comes with with its reward. And so, yeah, you know, it's a struggle to it's a struggle to be on any protein. But if you have to, you know, be on a protein with a bunch of dudes that don't speak the language that you speak in a system that's a little foreign to you, you know, it's probably going to wear you down after a little bit, as well as building you up in other ways too. So
1: definitely,
0: yeah. But um, but hey, thus is the struggle. That's why you do it because without struggle, there there is no success. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Now I'm lo- I'm looking forward to it, and it's nice to be accepted into the American system. Let's say that I'm I'm on I'm on a, a proper American team now, which is uh, quite a cool thing.
0: Yeah, it. it goes back to that whole, you know. I mean, it's that basic human desire to be accepted and and to yes. actually get a spot. I mean, any, any you know, it's it's every anyone that's that, that's playing the game of paintball that that wants to take it to the top level as soon as you get on one of those top five teams man it's it's kind of like oh my god i did it you know i made it on yeah. one of these big teams but having been there myself i can tell you that uh you know and, and you already know this because you had to go through it on nexus when you got on that team and then you had to go through it when you got on moscow is it's a whole it's like a completely new chapter you have to prove yourself yes. all over again every yes. single day you're out there and it's it's kind of you know you, you it's that's just step one now. You know, now it's, let's see, let's see how far you can take it.
1: Yeah. No, and, and that's what it's all about. I mean, I was saying to Jacob the other day, he was saying on Facebook, he's like, man, you're the new kid. You get the ugliest gun. I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> 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 yeah, back of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. Well, hey, before we sign off, is there anybody you want to thank? Any sponsors? Any plugs you want to get in here?
1: Uh, uh, thank you, obviously, to Dire Precision. Just um, gonna be uh, using the gear on both sides of the pond. I'm looking forward to it. Um, shooting the amazing DM14. Um, Project K, uh, www.the-k-project.com. Um, check it out. There's a demo account on there, so you can. It's like a showroom. You can go on there and check it out before you before you decide to commit or anything. And um, thanks, mum, dad. Love you. <laughs>
0: yeah. well hey man thank you for uh for sitting in with us coming all the way from uh, across the you know the airwaves in london i it's probably getting pretty late over there so but um yeah thanks man appreciate it and then for everyone out there on the interwebs thank you guys for tuning in to the real deal podcast and the first event's coming up soon registration just opened up for the psp dallas it's gonna be march 14th through the 16th uh, last year was you know record-setting year um and uh you know events were selling out so you want to get your team in the fight early and you know again always close it out, man. Help us spread the paintball gospel. You know, paintball's health is only going to be a function of how much we can let the world know that how badass an activity this is and how fun the sport is. And, and, uh, it's a, it's a great adventure. So don't be scared. Get in there. Thank you guys for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks.